Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host, Johnny Chi. This is the final episode in our Heal Yourself series. We started out by talking about finding balance in life with my guest, Luke Iorio. We then talked about inner peace. We talked about nutrition and nourishment. And uh, today we're going to discuss how to design a joyful life. In my experience, adding joy to my life was an essential part of the healing that brought me into um, this amazing experience that I have today. Um, and so I thought it would be a really strong episode to wrap up on, something that many of us can relate to. And my sincere hope is that you find this episode to be a blessing and to be helpful. This all started for me about six years ago, maybe, when I got what some of my friends call a God shot. A God shot is when the universe speaks to me in a really specific and special way. Over the course of one single week, Four different people came up to me during the course of conversations and asked me if I was happy. Now, it wasn't because I was moping around or looking especially depressed. It's just that our conversations kept going to the topic of happiness and fulfillment in life. And so the question was like, well, would you say that you're happy, Johnny? And after the, you know, the first time someone asked me that, I was like, well, no, I don't know if I can really say that I'm happy. Then the next time someone said, would you say you're satisfied with your life? And I said, no, I have to say that I'm really not. The third person said, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? And I answered with a four. And the person looked at me with a shocked face and said, oh my goodness, that's so sad. And and so uh, this continued one more time of someone asking me how happy I was with my life. And by that point, it was enough for me to realize, hey, I'm getting a signal from the universe. This started a process for me that um, that included me looking into the various facets of my life and recognizing that I had very little space for joy in my day-to-day -day life. I mean, there are certainly things that I enjoyed doing, but I wasn't prioritizing them. And for the most massive slices of my life, I was not ensuring that these were activities and actions and behaviors and practices and hobbies that nourished me, that made my spirit feel good. So I'll tell you later how I moved through this really alarming realization into a life that is today lighthearted and joyful 
you know, I had a doctor's appointment this week and um, the doctor was talking about a particular symptom that I had of something. And she said, well, you know, this really could be related to stress. Why don't you tell me about the stressors in your life? And I said, doctor, I don't really have stress in my life. I mean, there are things I like and things I don't like. Um, but, you know, I work between 10 and 20 hours a week and I live surrounded by beauty. Um, I don't have much money for sure, but all my needs are met beyond what I could ever hope for. So I really don't have stress. I don't have interpersonal relationship stresses, um, you know, and, and, and I just can't even believe that that's what I get to say. Like, I, I really want you to understand those of you who are listening that I can't believe that this is my reality today. This was not my reality a very short time ago. And, 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 and the fact that I get to live this way today is why I do what I do. It's why I have a podcast. It's why I do coaching. It's because I have been given a gift of a life that feels lighthearted and joyful. And I feel so, I feel, you know, the, in my old way of thinking, I won the lottery. I won the emotional lottery. But in my current way of thinking, no, 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 there is no lottery. Everyone has access to this. We all have access to this. Not only do we have access to this, this is our birthright. This is your birthright. You, this is your birthright. And the fact that I learned this and that it seems like so many other people out there don't seem to realize this, this is why, this is why I make these episodes. I want you to have access if you want it to what I've learned. I want you to see what I've been given the gift of seeing, which is that I was the person who created the pain in my life and that I was the only person who had the ability to stop it. And that once I stopped it, my life became serene, abundant, beautiful. It feels like a fairy tale and it is my reality. So let's talk about this. You know, I want to, um, I like to break these big concepts about designing a joyful life, joy. What is joy? I like to break this into smaller pieces at the beginning. And I just happened to have read recently a book called The Velvet Rage. And um, it's by the author's name, Dr. Alan Jones, A-L-A-N Jones. And in The Velvet Rage, he talks about the difference between joy, happiness, passion, et cetera. And he did such a great job of defining joy that I thought it would be a really great jumping off point for us today. So what's the difference between joy and happiness? Let's start there. Happiness is generally seen as a state of being rather than a momentary experience. So, you know, Joy is more often described as a momentary feeling. And for our purposes, we'll describe joy as a pleasant lightness 
within the body. I say pleasant because there could be an unpleasant lightness in the body, right? Like if I get woozy, I might feel an unpleasant lightness in the body. But um, joy is described as a feeling of momentary pleasant lightness within the body. Now, joy is easy to miss. It's easy to go unnoticed. We can be in the middle of our work commute and hear a joke and the joke is delightful to us. And we move on without ever even realizing that we were given a brief moment of joy. So joy builds a quick climax, then fades away. Happiness is more of a state of being rather than a momentary emotion. Now, passion. So if someone is pursuing their passion in life, if someone is feeling passionate, passion, as described by Dr. Jones, is the repeated experience of joy in doing something. Passion, I'll say this again, passion is the repeated experience of joy in doing something. So when someone discovers a passion, it's usually because an activity seems to produce joy each time it's performed. So we begin to feel that we have a passion for this activity. Passion is present when you observe that an activity consistently brings joy. You, for example, might like reading a book every once in a while, but lots of times when you think about reading, it might be like, no, I really don't feel like doing that right now. No, I don't really, no, that's gonna, that's too boring for right now. So if I enjoy reading from time to time, but I don't have a consistent inner feeling of, ex of lightness in my body when I'm reading, then reading probably isn't my passion. Or if, you know, I might from time to time research a really complex special recipe for some meal, and I might every once in a while enjoy the adventure of building that complex special meal. But for the most part, it just feels like it's too much. It's too much work. It's too much effort. It's too much time. I don't like that. So my time-to-time -time enjoyment of cooking means that I probably don't have a passion for the culinary arts. Whereas if reading is my go-to for enjoyment, or if cooking is something I often do because it, it makes me feel good, then I probably have a passion for that. So I, I think I've, 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 I've described that um, and it is important as we look at designing a joyful life. That's the whole purpose of today's episode. Emotion for the next point here, these, these foundational nuggets that we're discussing, emotion follows action. Emotion following action is a tool that um, I first learned in, uh, in my involvement with the 12 steps in recovery. And so I want to, uh, I want to definitely credit the 12 steps with my familiarity with this emotion follows action. This is such a valuable life lesson. So 
if I want to design a joyful life, the emotion of joy follows my actions, which are the actions that will permit me to experience joy. So even if I don't feel like it, even if I'm not inspired, engaging in an action that I know brings about joy allows me to enhance the joy in my life. Now that seems really simple. And I think we all understand this on an innate plane. So why don't we have more joyful lives? Well, the skill of creating and prolonging joy has three parts. Again, I really want to thank Dr. Alan Jones and his book, The Velvet Rage, for, for, uh, for some of this information. The first part, the first maybe step of creating joy and prolonging it is being willing to experience joy. That means even if I'm feeling dark and heavy today, am I willing to go do the thing that I know makes me feel lighter? even when I'm not inspired to, whether that's exercise, whether that's calling a close friend, whether that's taking a walk on a beautiful day. Am I opening myself, making myself vulnerable to experience joy? Am I willing to invite the joy in? So that's the first proactive step in creating and prolonging joy, being willing finding the willingness to create joy. The second part is to actually notice the joy as it happens. That could be as basic as thinking to yourself, oh, I enjoy this. Oh, I'm having fun with this. Oh, I really like doing this. Or, oh, that's really funny. Whatever the case, it's noticing. It's being present, being in the moment, as it happens. So if I like cooking, then maybe I won't put an audiobook on in the background. Can I just be present with this joyful action and experience it and like it? If I enjoy music, can I just sit and really immerse myself in the experience of listening to the music? Can I make space? to be present and to notice the joy that I'm experiencing. That's the second of three steps. The third is to make space in my life for the actions that could involve planning and scheduling. That could simply involve being on the lookout for opportunities to engage in those actions. It could be something more technical and strategic, like I want to go to the movies at least twice a month if movies are something that bring me joy, or I want to call my siblings at least once a week if talking with my siblings brings me joy, whatever the case is. Am I making space in my life? Because remember, we said that emotion follows action. So number one, let's look at those three steps really quickly. Be willing to experience joy. Open myself up to it. Be vulnerable to it. If dancing is fun, 
but I'm embarrassed for people to see me dancing. Can I make space? Can I, can I be willing? Can I be vulnerable to go dance? Even if maybe I feel awkward doing it, right? I don't want to be judged for it, but I love it. So can I just do it anyway? Two, notice joy as it pops up day to day. Not only the joy that I've planned, but the joy that I find spontaneously. Be present. If I'm doing something that makes me feel light, can I stop doing other things and really just be in the moment? Can I relish it? And then three, make space in my, in my day, in my week for joyful actions. All right. So let's move on. Also, according to the author, Dr. Alan Jones, joy and love have an interesting relationship with each other. <clears throat> Dr. Jones calls passion a meta-emotion. What he means by the term meta-emotion is that it is an emotion that is felt only after observing other emotions over time. So he said earlier that passion is experienced when we notice a particular action consistently gives us joy. When I cook, it's fun every time. So cooking is a passion for me. I feel passionately about it. Okay. So passion is a meta emotion. I don't get to access passion without first experiencing other emotions, one of which is joy. Love is also a meta emotion, according to Dr. Jones. What he says is, we, we discover love of other people when interacting with them consistently brings us joy. Let me say that again. We begin to feel love for others when interacting with them consistently makes us feel lighter, brings us joy. That is so interesting. I've never before considered this type of love relationship to be that way. So when the experience of another person, when we experience another person and that regularly stimulates joy within us, we begin to feel we love that person. Remember, he describes joy as that painless lightness in the body. If someone makes me feel a pleasant lightness, I'm taking joy in their company. Conversely, when I stop feeling that lightness in the presence of that person, I might be falling out of love with that person. Right. Think about that. Think about relationships where in the beginning of your romantic relationship, being with the person felt light and nourishing. And towards the end, maybe it didn't. That's what we mean by falling out of love with the person. The author says that joy from being with a person comes from things like enjoying the person's company, having emotional intimacy, Maybe having physical intimacy, if it's a physical relationship, sharing values, like finding the same things funny. So this is a way to experience love 
when we begin to truly experience love, it is because I am mindful of the subtleties in that person that brings me joy. Maybe it's a look, a common joke, a smile, a laugh, a walk, a touch. If these things consistently bring me joy and pleasure, then I begin to realize that I have love for that person. So, now that I've gone through these foundational elements of joy, happiness, passion, love, I want to go back to that really life-changing week where I realized how unhappy I was thanks to those four conversations. What was my response? What did I do when I realized how unhappy I was in life? Well, I'll outline the steps in the exercises and I'll share with you how my life completely turned around. The fact is that up to that moment, up to that week, I was dissatisfied with every aspect of my life. I was unhappy with my social life. It felt distant, cold. I had been unhappy with my career for a very long time. I had almost no love life for 10 to 12 years. I was disgusted with my physical body. My self-esteem was extraordinarily low. Today, every single one of those categories is officially on the positive side of the continuum. You know, I, I can't tell you that I am 100% delighted with every part of my body, but what I can tell you is that I feel sexy. I feel sexy. It, it feels crazy for me to even say that. I feel sexy for the first time in my life. Like I feel that inside of myself for myself. That's a new thing for me. You know, my career ultimately the career that I have today is nourishing. It's gentle. It supports a lifestyle that is beyond what I, what I could have hoped for. And I don't have to work for another organization. I don't have to negotiate on my values. I don't have to toe the line when I don't really agree with it. I don't have to do those things that made me feel icky all the time in my old career, right? So everything, I'm dating and I'm finding connection even though I may not have a partner at the moment. So every single aspect of my life, I feel, I feel so fortunate about those aspects. And here's what I did. I went home after I had that light bulb moment that I was unhappy 
And I decided to make a list. I said, where is the joy in my life? And I made a list of every single activity that I got joy from. It included professional things like speaking on a stage, facilitating workshops. It included mentoring. It included uh, hobbies like tennis. It included, you know, other physical aspects of joy, like putting on a new piece of clothing that fits just right, going to the movies, watching my favorite sitcom on repeat, like all the things I just brainstormed and made a list. It was dozens and dozens of things. I filled a piece of paper all the way out to the margins, writing horizontally and vertically and everything. Then I started with career and on a, I made a new list from that brainstorm list. I took a new sheet of paper and I said, which of these things could possibly be career options? If I didn't have concerns about how much I was going to make, which of these are realistic career options for me? So let, let, let me talk about that for a second. Back then, I was well into the six figures. And the reason I didn't leave my career to go do something that I saw as more enjoyable was because I didn't want to lose $50,000 on my annual salary by starting over in something that I wasn't experienced in. And so this exercise, what it did was it invited me to not worry about whether this was going to pay $30,000, $50,000, or $150,000. But if it was a valid career that someone is able to support himself or herself on, can I just, I'll talk about the dollar amount later and let me just write it down. So maybe like running a, running a snow cone stand isn't something that I see as a, as a, as something I can sustain myself on. So I might not put that down if that was on my joy list, but um, I don't know, maybe being a personal shopper, there are lots of people who sustain themselves. Will I make $140,000 being a personal shopper? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I certainly don't think I would have made that out this at the start, but it's it goes on my list because it is a realistic career. Maybe not today. Maybe it's my next my realistic career two jobs from now, but it goes on my list. And so I took that list of joy and I wrote down every valid career option without my hangups around money. That was a really important task for me. Then once I had that list, I looked for overlap between the items. For example, I saw that on my list of things that I could get paid to do, I found that facilitating workshops, acting, podcasts, public speaking, writing, 
reading. These are all career elements that are slightly related in some way. I was blown away that when I, when I, when I looked at all of these together and I said, okay, these are all similar. So what type of, what type of work could tie all of that together? And that's when I, my mind was blown to discover motivational speaking, right? Look at that. Facilitating workshops, acting, podcasts, public speaking, writing, reading. At the nexus of all of these things, I find being a motivational speaker. And as soon as I realized that, my spirit lit up. Yes, that's what I want. I had never verbalized that before. I had never realized that before. It never even occurred to me. And all of a sudden, it's like someone turned the lights on. Yes. I want to stand on a stage and share my story, the hurdles, the difficulties, the challenges, the growth, the resilience. And I want to help people realize that I'm not unique all of us have access to that. I want to be paid to do that. Okay, so there we go. Now that doesn't mean necessarily, once you do this exercise, that tomorrow you quit your job and you start posting flyers. I mean, it might. But that's not necessarily what it means. What it means is, okay, let's say for you, you want to, let's see, let's just say personal shopping. I mentioned that as an example before. Let's say you want to be a personal shopper. You love fashion. You love shopping. You love clothes. You love, you know, uh, the, 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 the adventure of exploring merchandise. And you know that people get paid to do this and you just aren't sure how to do it, what it involves. Okay. So maybe you don't go apply for personal shopper jobs tomorrow, but maybe you set a goal. Maybe your goal is that in 18 months, you'll be in a position where you can start job hunting to become a personal shopper. And now the steps are to reverse engineer the path. So right now, let's say right now I'm an administrative assistant. Right now I am a dentist. Right now I am a, uh, a paralegal, but I wanna be a personal shopper. What would I need to do over the next 18 months to get there? All right, maybe I need to start saving money. So maybe I put a plan down for that. I need to research how much personal shoppers make. What, what do their jobs look like? What is the structure of their work? Do they work weekends, holidays, evenings? Do they get paid by stores? Who pays them? Is there some sort of internship or training program or certification that I might need to go through for that? 
how much would I charge for that? Who knows? So I need to go and identify all the stepping stones, or I call them lily pads. I need to identify all the lily pads that will help me hop across the pond to get from where I am today to where I want to be in 18 months. That's it. That's it. I identify those tasks. I assign deadlines working backwards, right? So I, I put them in order. And then if 18 months from now is my deadline to begin applying, then that means that maybe the last thing I do, maybe 16 months from now is start working on my resume. And maybe 13 months from now, I start attending networking events, expositions, conferences. Maybe nine months from now, I start doing outreach to people on LinkedIn. I start asking personal shoppers on LinkedIn if they would meet with me via Zoom because I'm interested in this career and I don't know what I don't know. Would you be willing to speak with me for, for 15 or 20 minutes to share what your experience was like to help me avoid pitfalls? Maybe right now, my step is to actually start researching what type of income should I expect? What is the pay structure? How do I get employment? Are there benefits, right? Doing all that kind of stuff. That might be what I do in my initial two or three months. And you see, I've worked backwards and I've given each step a deadline. This is the work I do with people when they are looking to pivot careers. This is how I do it with them. We find out what they want. We break it down into manageable chunks, assign a master deadline and then sub deadlines. And then I coach them through it. That's career coaching. That's it. So once I've done that with career, now I can begin to do that same exercise with my social life. Am I building activities that bring joy to me into my friendships with people? right? The same way that it was for my career. What are those things on my master list of joy actions that connect to friendships? They could be hobbies, pastimes, social things. You know, maybe I can start a, a movie night where once every six weeks, I invite 10 friends to come over and we watch like a classic movie that we love. And we laugh and have snacks, you know, because if movies is something that brings me joy, then I can build that into my friendships. If nature is something that brings me joy, can I invite someone to go walk with me through a city park? You know, am I inserting opportunities for joy into my friendships? Because remember, remember those three steps those three steps to building joy, being willing to experience joy, noticing it as it happens, and then making space in my life for those actions, right? Yeah. Once I finish that with my, with my social life, 
I can look and do their same activity with my love life, with my health and wellness. Where am I bringing joy into my health and wellness? Am I building opportunities for exercise that is actually fun for me, right? Um, and if I don't like to exercise, but I like being around beautiful things, can we go to the botanical gardens and walk? Can we go to a beautiful neighborhood and walk? Can I find space for joy? You know, if, um, if I enjoy the experience of trying new foods, can I research and make space to find adventurous new foods that are healthy? You know, can I make space for joy in my health? And there are so many categories of life where I can proactively define joy. My chores. You know, so many of us really hate doing chores. And is there a way for me to build joy into my chores, whether it's music that I love or whether it is inviting, uh, making a contest out of it with my kids? Is there a way that I can invite joy into my chores? Who knows? You can do this with every facet of your life. Where are the opportunities for joy and can I make space for them? If you do this, my friends, before you know it, you will have designed a joyful, lighthearted life. It's an extraordinary gift to give yourself. Everything changes in your world when life feels energizing. Please trust me on that. For me, today, things that have changed for me, the way I see political fighting, the way I see wars between countries, the way I see poverty, the way I see tragedy, even the way I see death, it's all different. The universe used to feel, the world used to feel like such a hostile place for me. It required my utmost vigilance to protect myself. And as I live a more joyful life, I realize that the lens I was viewing life through was dirty. And so everything I saw looked dirty. And as I clean the lens, I realize, I realize that the universe is not a hostile place for me. In fact, I've arrived at a perspective and maybe this is not your perspective and that's okay. But I've arrived at a perspective that the entire universe conspires in my favor at all times. I wish this for you. I believe that it's possible for you to have that perspective as well, that the universe just might be conspiring in your favor at all times, if only you have the eyes to see it. Thanks for listening today. I hope you will give yourself the extravagant gift of joy.
As you go out into the world, always remember, aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, D.C., but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.